0: It's a show that you've started based on someone else's brand, not your own brand. But it was made out of love. I know, Elsie, <laughs> and that doesn't always make it okay. That's like a stalker, <laughs> right? Okay, okay. But I love you, I love you, so I'm entitled to do what I want. You're not. Go away.
1: Go <laughs> away. Hello, Miss Jessica. Hello, Elsie. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you very much. We are now at show uh, three. Show uh, three. Show three. Yes, and we're going to be starting off a little bit different than we did last time. We're going to be starting off with some a little bit of podcasting news. I'm sure this is, you know, when this show is listened to, uh, maybe the news it won't be news, but this will absolutely still be relevant. It seems like Major League Baseball has been coming after podcasters. Oh, my God, (laughs) because they've been getting some takedown notices because certain teams uh, or certain, you know, I would say certain podcasts that have fan podcasts for their favorite major league baseball teams have been send little legal notes uh, to basically get kicked out of iTunes for using some trademark infringement on some of their artwork and, and um, the names and all that fun stuff. So um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, it's really interesting and, and I'm an interesting, I must not, I will not have the same take as I think most people would because I used to research copyright infringement for photography and art for MBNA before uh-huh. they switched to Bank of America. My job was to find all uses of photography and re-license them under Bank of America for when they switched over. Yes. And so I know a little bit about copyright infringement and copyright issues. And the podcast that they went after... Um, or specifically, I mean, some of them have the name in there, like Pirate Prospects, Mets Musings, Cubcast, Cubs Cast, um, and there's one called "It's About the Yankees." Stupid. <laughs> 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 That's a great name. <laughs> but they're using, they are not using names and logos that belong to them, and and you can't do that, you know. And so, um, oh, there's a lot. Orioles, Spastics. Um, every, it's like on Twitter, it's going crazy that people who are, um, who are being, yeah, like you said, targeted and, yeah. and, and podcasts are saying, well, it's just making the, um, the MLB look bad. Usually baseball look bad.
1: Well, you know what? It's, I, I mean, here's the thing, cause Rob and I, you know, Rob, my fellow cohort here at Libsyn. Um, And I have been talking about this for a a lot, a a lot, for many, many years, because this isn't the first time that it's happened. It's just that I think this is the first time that it's been uh, on a grander scale, if you will. Uh, Smaller uh, podcasts have been taken down for, in fact, Rob also just had something else like that happen for another podcast that was using, um, again, another very trademarked image for a food company, but I'm not going to talk I'm not going to get very specific about who it was because it's kind of sad and embarrassing for some people, but they were using it in their artwork. Uh, It was very clear what this food company was. And the podcast was not about this food company, but they got basically a, a, you know, a takedown notice, like straight Mm -hmm. up. And um, then they had to redo their branding. They had to redo their image and everything and resubmit as they should. And compliance, you know, had they had to have uh, a letter of compliance sent both to us because, or, or to Libsyn and to, um, iTunes in order to be accepted hmm. after that. So, yeah. And so. That's a big deal. It's huge. Um, Daniel Lewis, who is a podcaster, that also does a lot of you know podcast consulting and whatnot, he jumped on the ball for this. And he wrote this article on his website at theaudacitypodcast.com. And the title is, Your Podcast Could Be or Was Removed from iTunes for Trademark Violation. What a nice title, right? Right. Because it's going to take you forever onto that site. But, um, <laughs> but he's got the message that they received from Apple. So this is what, if you, here's the subject. So the object, so subject is iTunes Store Podcast Rejected Notification. Dear podcast owner, the following podcast has not been included in the iTunes Podcast Directory name and your feed URL. Submissions may not be included in the directory for a variety of reasons. For more information, please see the podcast technical specifications at, and then I have a link. And that's it.
0: So you uh, basically that's
1: not the right way to. I know, and so you basically have to figure out why it happened, right? Yeah. So why it happened? Absolutely.
0: So and then on the. Um, original thing I was reading, which is on awfulannouncing.com. Uh huh. <laughs> um, Awful announcing. Yeah. The update from MB- MLBAM, they released a statement saying, um, "We We notified Apple about certain podcasts on the iTunes Store whose titles and/or thumbnails include infringing uses of trademarks of Major League Baseball and certain clubs. So, those, so the Art must have been an infringement, Mm -hmm. even if the title wasn't. Right. You can't just be using other people's logos. (laughs) That's just the way that works. Dudes. Dudes.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You you cannot be doing that. But you know what it is? It's like sometimes it seems to be really easy. We've been pounding this. And it was very, very prevalent in the early days of podcasting because one of the first things that people were podcasting about was technology. Like that was like the almost the only thing that people were podcasting about at the beginning because only tech people knew how to do it, right? So there were all these shows about tech, and you know there were lots of shows about Apple, lots of shows about Mac centric stuff, and a lot of these podcasts had an Apple or had the Apple logo or had. Apple stuff because wouldn't you think because you loved the Apple stuff so you kind of want to showcase the Apple stuff but you can't do that yeah so there were many many instances of that happening and it all of a sudden it was like you were just gone you were just gone from the store you didn't even know you I mean know.
0: it would be nice if you were given an opportunity to make a change well you are you, you are. out of iTunes you are
1: you are given an opportunity but these guys doesn't seem like they were. But you have to resubmit, is what I'm saying. So uh, you get the letter, and then you have to comply, and then you have to answer back again.
0: So the thing that they got, though, on Dan's website, uh-huh. like, what's the, I mean, the spec, I'm going to just look real quick at what the tech spec says, uh-huh. the link that they were told to look at. Okay. All it is is submission and feedback process. Right. The, the importance of good metadata. <laughs> You had your show for years and years. I mean, that would be shocking. Yeah, no, it is. It is shocking because
1: you're going to have to go in there and 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 I think this did happen. You did have you did have this happen. Um, you did have this happen. Um, two podcasts that had been in iTunes for many years yeah. that had the letter come in, and you're just like, "What, what? in the world? Yeah, what happened?" So. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, but it seems like you know they're in it, like Apple is in it, and they have their hand in it, and of course they have to comply to whenever they have something, somebody have a take
0: a takedown notice. Of course. Um, so. So, and then Dan Lewis also says that he has a Once Upon a Time podcast. He does <laughs> for the show Once Upon a Time, but he says um, I start by saying. Welcome to Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time.
1: Yeah. And I think that that, the whole point is, and I think Kathleen, remember our our Kathleen, our lovely Kathleen from the Special Mouse podcast? Yeah. She um, definitely has it straight up, like right in your face. This is an unofficial, like it has, and there's a huge, there's like a paragraph on her homepage, like at the bottom, like it's very easily seen. Like there's, it's it's not something that you... Yeah.
0: But the bottom line is for those who are in total outrage about this, they should have known better than to use someone else's logo or art in their own show.
1: But you know what, Jess? Should have they?
0: because yeah, he, I he, feel like they should have.
1: Well, here's the thing. It's like a lot of people don't because they're not. Like there's a difference between somebody who's in their garage, right, that has like a total passion for baseball. And they get together with their friends and they start chatting. And they're like, you know what? This would be a great podcast because they've been listening to podcasts and they want to put it out there. They're not thinking about like, we're a little bit more business oriented. We have yeah. a little bit more of that. And they're like, oh wow. Well, what are they going to use for their artwork? They're not going to be like, yeah. what, what
0: font am I going to use? What our color pattern? Like what are we going <laughs> My only rebuttal is that I bet you they didn't use George Thorogood's Bad to the Bone as their intro music because <laughs> they know better than to do that. Okay. All right. but you know what I'm saying? All so right. like, so most podcasters know, hey, I can't just pick a song out of thin air and use it as my intro. Why would they be able to pick a piece of art and do the same thing? You can't use Picasso's, made, you know, you can't use other people's artwork as your, I mean, the problem with sports fans in general, I think, is that they feel that the, that the team and everything relevant to it belongs to them. Not the person who owns the team, or or the person who you know is in charge of Major League Baseball in general. It's not a nonprofit,
1: right? And you, it's it, a business. Yeah, and and then I think you're right about that because I think that there's people who. You're right. I think everybody knows about the music thing. But part of it, the fact is that that's really driven in mainstream media, right? Like you're going to like hear on the news. You're going to hear that all the time that people are sued about the music. Don't use the the music. But I, you know, you've been working in the, in the like graphic design kind of thing, the artistic side of things. People don't know
0: that. Wait, let me take it one step further, though. OK, you you I think a sports fan also knows better than to just make up their own Yankees T-shirts and trying and and try to sell them in the parking lot. Okay. Right. Because, you know, you can't make money off someone else's brand or logo. Okay. that's why I feel like they should know. I mean, I mean, and so the guys who are writing and saying, well, but I don't make any money and this is a labor of love. Okay. but it doesn't matter. It's a show that you've started based on someone else's brand. Not your own brand. But it was made out of love. I know, Elsie. And that doesn't always make it okay. That's like a stalker. <laughs> right? Okay, okay. But I love you. I love you. So I'm entitled to do what I want. You're not. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just like... You're right. I mean... Yeah, I, I was in just... some ways, I feel like they did know better. They're just mad that they have got away with it for too long. I was just, you know, I was just, uh, yeah, I was just bringing I mean,
1: this out from the equation because this is, like you, like you said, this is a labor of love for a lot yes. of these guys. They're not thinking about anything else or making money. They're not trying to make money off of this. I
0: know. That's what makes it annoying for them. Sure. But a little brain power would have gone a long way. That's all, all, right. all I'm saying. Yeah. And, and then, I'd yes. be very interested to know what listeners think about this episode in the show notes. I'd love to hear whether or not you think they should have known better and they're being, or whether or not you think they 're being punished unfairly just by having to resubmit yes you know does that make i mean does it make their stats go away do they have to start from scratch? well, they have to do
1: it depends on how how fully branded they were with the whole thing, so you know changing your artwork and changing your title is really not that big of a deal it 's actually fairly easy to do on itunes it's it's, it's you know you're just it 's kind of like changing a theme it's super it 's like changing your picture in your you know, in in Facebook, it's kind of so totally like that, like a profile picture, and then you change your name on Facebook. Um, it's exactly like that in iTunes. But what's going to be hard is if they had like the full embedded um, like URL in their RSS feed. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when they went into Lib, let's say you went into Libsyn and you open an account, and then the their URL, their, their, their slug, which is that little like snippet of like the word inside lips in there that you use sort of like as a user account. Mm-hmm. Um, if that would have been like the, the New York giants or something like that.
0: Yeah. If that
1: would have been, then, then you would have to change that, which would be that, that would be hard
0: because that means that your RSS feed would change. And it's um, going to be hard, but like, I'm just looking, I'm taking a look at one of the um, podcasts that got the, that got the dump and it's the Orioles spastics. Uh-huh. And the and the URL is oriolesspastics.com. And then the background is just the team logo over and over and over again. I sore that it may be. Oh. I mean, like, it's very blatantly. And it says, their, their description is the one and only Orioles baseball arrested development fan podcast. Just, like, so random. But, like, still, Orioles baseball. Right. Now, Bird's Eye View is another one, birdseyeviewbaltimore.com, and this one they probably just resubmitted. I don't know what it was called before, but now it's called Bird's Eye View, and the bird that they're using in front of the microphone is just, it's not a Baltimore Oriole. It's just the bird of an Oriole. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not the logo specifically. Right. Whereas, like, Oriole Spastics, it's there. It's the MLB logo.
1: And there it is, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. So...
1: Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily starting from scratch, but it is going to, there's a lot of stuff that is, that, um, yeah, that's going to change. There's, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm also going to put in the show notes just in case so that we also get better, uh, going into Google plus. I'm going to, I'm going to just put a link to a discussion on this in the show notes. So you don't have to necessarily go right now, but, um, yeah. We can put it so our, our ladies can check it out too. And how about this? How about this, Jess? Can we do our first listening party with this show, with show number three? Sure. And then that way you ladies can start to, you know, step into the conversation from here. Yeah. And see like what you think. Should they have known better? Should you get sad as a fan, you know, of something that you love that you are not able to use, you know, the, your beloved logo because you wear it well, right? Because if you love a team, usually you just put it on. We've been getting requests for the She Podcast t-shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, they want to wear them, right? Because they want to show affiliation. Yeah. But where does it stop? Like, you know, what if they, What if there was like the unofficial She Podcast Fan
0: Club podcast, I would be. I don't know. Would it be if it's unofficial? No, I mean I don't think I would like it if people took our logo and made their own T-shirts. I'd be mad. Well, we're right. Well, what I'm saying is, if they decided to do a podcast on us, <laughs> can't even imagine. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. Why wouldn't they just have it with us? That's true, right? <laughs> but then the thing is that there aren't very many like big brands
1: doing. I podcasts think I'd
0: be annoyed. Them. Because that's <laughs> traffic that's being taken away,
1: and it's going over there, and the conversations going over there, right? Right.
0: So Why I is guess that if fair?
1: Yeah, if we're a podcast, then it will be a little harder. But if we were like a TV show,
0: TV is different because all exposure is good exposure. Because in a television show, there's just no way you can control the. You can try, right? But the chances are the good conversations aren't going to happen where you're trying to control them anyway. To, to that. They try. They try to do that with hashtags and stuff all the time, but I don't think it works. No,
1: nope.
0: very. You know.
1: Yep. Very, very
0: rare. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> I, I said you're right. I'm totally, totally agreeing with you.
0: I'm agreeing I was thinking you. of like a very rare, like even if I see if I see a, a hashtag on the television while I'm watching something, I'll still make up my own hashtag. Like, or you know, or uh, maybe I'll use it. Um, but still make up my own in addition or I don't know. Yeah. I'm more likely to use a fan club hashtag than I would be the sh- from the show specifically.
1: Well, good. So then how about from this topic that we're talking about here? Cause we were talking a little bit about TV and the different mediums and you know, there is a different, there is a difference to having a podcast. There is, um, I, I there's a lot of people that are being exposed to podcasts as of yet, as of late and I believe yes. that there's a little bit of a kind of perhaps maybe misinformation about what a podcast is or what a podcast oh, can do for you, segue. right? And yes. so and so we were talking about TV and the vast amount of perhaps expectations that you could have for a TV show. What do you think are the
0: expectations for a podcast? Well, right now, the things that I see being marketed the most is have a podcast. I mean, and I do it too in the podcasting school for women. I do, you know, having a podcast will give you an incredible amount of visibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people, I think some people are saying you hop on. I think the thing is just hop on the latest trend and make sure you don't miss out which is so different than how we used to try and convince people to use Facebook or use Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's almost like there's like it's almost like a rush, a gold rush. Like they're going to run out of space or something with podcasting. Right. <laughs> and so it, it, people market it as if like, as if they have a limited amount of time to get in, like while the getting's good. Right. And I'm not, sh- I'm not sure Why? Because it's been around all this time, it hasn't gone anywhere. It probably isn't going to go anywhere, but I think, um, I think most people are being told that it's going to make them a ton more money, and that's it can be true. It
1: can be true. You're right, and yes,
0: and but you're you have right. To be I think really that they're smart
1: about how. Absolutely, you have to have a game plan from the beginning. I have a I have a feeling that. You know, this kind of conversation starts to come out from uh, uh, an article that I saw from um, a website called Niche Pursuits,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: his his pot his uh, article was on why you should not start a podcast. And I haven't really seen articles yes. on that, you know. Yeah. And um, I was really intrigued by what he wrote, uh, and and it resonated a lot with a lot of the of what I I believe people are expecting. So. Um, my perspective on this was that it was going to instigate a conversation that wasn't being had yet. And yeah. his findings is 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 exactly why you shouldn't podcast, meaning somebody who was expecting what he was expecting is not somebody that should podcast. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. So, it's, so in other words, what he wrote about was that it didn't quite work out for him the way he had thought it would. Right. Because of... Expectations that he saw from
1: his peers, and it what and what it was doing for them. So it's like you know he was like a basically a, a pretty well known um, internet right. blogger slash you know entrepreneur on online. He knew all of those tiny little you know tech pieces of how to you know funnel people and you know all that stuff that business people kind of talk about and really focus on, and he had a pretty large list. And in his kind of diving into podcast, he kind of viewed it that it would just be because if he had so many people already on his list, it would just happen. Yeah. And it didn't uh, it, quickly. So, right. um, and I think that that was like basically the beginning. I think that for me, I feel that this is, is something that a lot of people are experiencing or expecting that they're going to climb in, you know, they're going to push through the new and noteworthy, they're going to milk it for what it's worth, they're going to get onto what's hot, they're going to get thousands upon thousands of downloads, and they'll be set.
0: Yeah. And that's not the case. Actually makes me worried about my classmates in my class and whether or not they have unrealistic expectations. I hope not. I don't think so.
1: No, and I think that part of the process is to be able to really discern what you want from it. You know, and I'm sure that you, the thing is, though, um, Jess, you are, you are already reaching a very specific woman mm-hmm. from the get-go. It's not, I, I don't think you're getting somebody who is, is going to be putting all of their eggs in that one basket. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But they already have the sense of a, a dis- diversification of whatever it is that they want to do.
0: I mean, it is similar to blogging in that I think if you put out good content, um, you get a decent audience and it does expose you to a different audience, an audience that you wouldn't get just from your blog because your blog is one in a sea of a million blogs about raw food or travel or running or whatever. Yes, but but a podcast is different. You know, you can you do have an opportunity to stand out there. I do think it does it brings visibility, and this guy already had visibility, so he wasn't. I mean, I don't even know if he mentioned whether or not he was looking for that or not. I think he, I don't know what he was looking for, but he just said, "Why do?" I remember in the article, he just said, "Why do a podcast when blogging is so much faster?" Yeah, and for me, the opposite is true. Yeah, why do why agonize over a blog post when I can just push record
1: <laughs> <laughs> no well, it's true and, and that's what I'm saying it's like it things like align with you you know Cliff Ravenscraft, the you know podcast answer man he, he just he recorded a two-hour show on his on this yeah on that a
0: response, a and I was like response. holy cow yeah
1: and he went deep into it you know and it was it, and of course it, it's to it? it's his business I did listen to it I did but mind you jess i'm so i'm like the i'm like the ninety minute to two hour podcast listener girl what
0: are you doing during that time i'm wa- oh. I'm usually
1: out with my girls when i'm walking out with okay. my girls or we're taking a a walk and they're playing in the park and I have my headphones yes. on like all of that stuff okay. and, or when i 'm washing dishes park. yeah, so what, usually it's when i'm on the go usually i'm when i'm traveling you know, and all that stuff whenever i can't okay. do anything else but listen and um I totally listen to long podcasts, by the way. Like I don't like the 30, like the other day, I just, I just actually listened to a podcast that was, I don't know, 25 minutes. And I was, was, I was like, what? That's it?
0: That's so funny. Are you kidding
1: me? Yeah. Because, but mind you, my expectations are different. But what I'm saying is that, you know, he went deep into it and it was interesting how much homework Cliff did to it. But the whole point is he... This, I think I'm, I'm wanting to turning it around again because of the fact that I think that this blog post speaks to the person who's expecting what he was expecting and that's who needs to read this. Yeah. So if you are expecting what he was expecting, you are not the person that should and be. And what exactly
0: is he expecting? I mean, I think, get fame and fortune?
1: I think he wanted more conversion, more action taken. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah. And he also wanted, I believe, from what I gathered, he wanted to be able to track whether or not the podcast was serving for growing whatever it is that he wanted to grow. So he really tracked specific actions that his listeners took via URL and via um, click-throughs to see if anybody did what he asked. And? And it wasn't pretty <laughs> in terms of, in terms of, uh, percentages. So, you know, you can track click throughs through bitly links. You can crack, cl- crack, mm-hmm. uh, you know, click, click through, the way that you do your website and you see like, Oh, how many people are clicking through this area? And you do a redesign and now more people are signing up for here and you could do all that stuff and you see things that are in perhaps, I don't know, tens, twenties, perhaps hundreds thousands if you're super awesome. But in the podcasts he found, at least what he showed, it was like seven or ten or, you know, stuff like that, where it was like a, a real small number. And he was disappointed by that. And yeah. what Cliff had to say and in which I agree with him as well, is that my whole point is that podcasts are a, a long tail model. And it has to be super, super consistent. I have to say that the majority of the, of the, um,
0: and this guy wasn't consistent, right?
1: No, he wasn't. He, he would come on, he would go off. He would come on, he would go off. Like there was a lot of, you know, so it wasn't, no. And so what's really intriguing to me though, is the fact that like all of the purchases that I have made for software apps, things like that. Mm-hmm. have been based on my listening habits to the podcasts that I listen to. So, but it wasn't like they said, Hey, check out this new app, buy it. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, four podcasts in after the fourth time that I heard them go off about this app, I was like, what the hell is going on with this app? Mm-hmm. And then I went and looked and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of neat. And then they said it again. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. And then they go, Oh my God, there's a sale. Oh, I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it took like yeah. a process of like six months for the sale to actually happen. It's yeah. Not,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, yeah. yeah, the fact that he wasn't consistent is good. And also I learned very early on that you cannot boss your podcast listeners around. You, <laughs> you can, you have way more control when they visit the website. And so that's why I always you know, tell people, visit the show notes, because that's really where you're selling. You're not, you cannot sell from a podcast. I mean, yes, you can have sponsors, and yes, you can have advertisers, but you really have no control over their behavior, and the reason I say that is because when I first started my show, I really wanted it to be a live show, because I thought, no one's doing a live show. Why are they idiots? I think it's brilliant. I'm going to do a live show, and people are going to come on, and it's going to be brilliant, but nobody would come on live. It started out with like 20 people on and then it slowly got smaller, 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 smaller. And then I I would be furious that no one would come on live. No one loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. And then I would look at the (laughs) downloads for the week for that episode once it went live and it would be like in the hundreds. So I was like, you know, they just don't want to do it when I tell them to do it. Right. So I'm going to let go of that and not... And be grateful for my audience and not be angry with them for not, you know, allowing me to tell them what to do all the time. Yeah. And it worked out a lot better. Absolutely. Similarly, I don't think that you can say go to this website right now because people listening to podcasts aren't always in front of a computer. You just said yourself, I'm walking, I'm at the park, I'm traveling. You can't go to a link right then and do it right then
1: absolutely but you know what's really interesting and and this and then again it plays onto the same kind of behavior you're right sometimes there's you know a podcaster will say hey i just found this tool this new tool this new service this new whatever and i'm like oh my god that's so cool at that moment i don't have the accessibility to be able to do it but i remember right and so then i forget
0: you you know i send myself an email or whatever yeah
1: yeah and then or or, and this is this is the we come back to consistency again or I forget completely. I completely forget, but there's a new podcast coming on next week. Right? And so when I'm listening this time, the next time that I listen, I'm at home, even though they are not going to talk about the same product. There's a connection that's made in my brain when I'm listening to this person. Oh wait, they talked about that one thing last time. This time I am close to the computer and I can just refer back to the show notes and link through for the past episode. So there's like all of this like crazy thing that happens to people's behavior. So you cannot, you cannot do it. And it also depends on how people are consuming your content. I actually just wrote something in one of the podcast groups as well for, um, a woman who was asking whether or not, um, she wanted to have, uh, the show notes both on, in Libsyn and on the website. And then I, you know, but the bottom line is that I kind of pulled that question. And then I, I kind of showed her how her show notes showed up in um, podcast apps on the iPhone. And sometimes if you have the full show notes show up, you can click directly through the podcast app. So I love it for that because if I'm listening to a podcast and I'm listening via my favorite podcast app, which is Castro, and I just tap on the screen you can automatically see the entirety of the show notes on on there, like just right on that same app. And everything's clickable. So if you're talking about something like, you know how we just talked about those those three articles and even the Niche Pursuits one? If our listeners are using Castro and they look down, they can scroll through and they can click through and read that article right now as they're listening to us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, And that's super easy. So if you can have a call to action that is literally just a click, It'll be easier, but you also have to know, you know, you have to have a, a know-how kind of listener. Uh, the podcast app from Apple, I'm not sure, creates show notes that are as beautiful as some of the other podcast catchers.
0: Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So um, so we talked about making money. Yes. And we talked about the visibility. Um, let's talk about time expectations. Yes, because he said, you know, it's so much longer for me to do a show than it is for me to write a blog post. And I I don't know why, but I think he's out of his mind. First of all, let's just talk about that. I don't think it takes that long. Well,
1: you go, you go, because we have different opinions on this. Well,
0: right. I don't do the whole show (laughs) notes novel (laughs) that some people do. Some people agonize over their show notes and stuff. It's true. But also I do them as I'm going. So like, like if like if I was the one doing the show notes for our show as we were talking I'd be typing you know the I'd find the link I'd put it in you know what I mean like as we were doing it so that when the show when you and I are done recording the show notes would be almost done right um and that's how I do my show which is but I do but you're right I don't do a huge amount of stuff and then um I mean yeah some of it takes a long time I guess like if you're gonna edit, but I don't edit. I don't edit the show. So <laughs> that's so there's no <laughs> there's no time involved there. Right. I just whatever happens, I just upload it. That that's it. You wanna s- sneeze or say um the whole time, oh Wellski. That's right. what's gonna happen. Um and the perfect example of that is when I interviewed you. And you can, if you want to, just look at my Lady Business Radio show for the episode where I interviewed Elsie Escobar. And you can <laughs> fast forward all the way to the end. In The last two minutes, we stopped the interview because her child decided that they had had enough of waiting for Elsie, <laughs> and she just screamed bloody murder in the middle of the call. And I was like, "Bye, have a
1: good." <laughs> yeah. So
0: yeah. So I mean, like, I don't edit. And I don't, you know, the show notes aren't a big deal for me. Um, for me, what takes the longest is the social media promotion, writing every <coughs> in the Facebook and stuff like that. But the editing, since I don't edit, I just export, you know, I import into GarageBand, I add the bumpers, I export as an MP3. I mean, the processing takes a minute, but I'm doing other stuff as it's exporting or as it's converting or whatever it does. Um, putting it in Libsyn, two minutes. Right. And then it automatically goes to iTunes. Um, so to me, the longest thing is the promotion part, and then writing out the promotion. Not everyone, you know. I don't think uh, entrepreneur on fire. I don't think he does a lot of promo. I think it just goes live. Boom, the end.
1: Yeah, I think he's already. Well, he already has his, has it built in, and oh, he does. He, well, meaning,
0: but a built in wants. audience.
1: His audience sustains oh, yeah. his audience, so it. Doesn't, yeah. It, he doesn't really need to. No, get it we people out there. will do it for
0: him. You're yeah. right. But then also, um, I thought you meant because he uses Libsyn and he tweets it already automatically because no. Libsyn now allows you to make a blog post and tweet and Facebook and LinkedIn right from your, yeah. right when you publish. Yeah.
1: Usually what I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give my workflow at some point too. But yeah, you're right. That's what Libsyn does. But So where's you know, the,
0: what's the problem, with brother? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing
1: is, is if you want to, okay, because see, here's the other thing. Yes, it's like to me, I was actually trying to think about this in a a different way. Because like at this moment, there's like one way of kind of doing things, at least in in certain spheres of podcasting. There's like the interview show. It's like that's the thing. It's like that's what everybody's doing. It's the interview show. So now imagine this, Jess, because I know I like to, to bring metaphors of TV to you. So imagine, Which is
0: smart because I'm obsessed with television. Right.
1: So think about this. What if like in every channel, the only thing you saw was like an interview show? Like that was oh. it. You would not have anything else going on. Like there would be nothing. It would be horribly boring. It would be horribly boring, wouldn't it? And, but then it, it'll be a new interview show this time. It'll be interviewing, like, and it would just be a
0: different topic. You know, Elsie, but if like... it was me, it would never get boring. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. It's we only to... when other people with no personality try right. to have their own it's shows and things get hairy.
1: And I have to say that it does it to me, it's not a big, you know, I get it. It's cool. Interview shows are great. And I learn a lot. But the thing is, I've been consuming this content for so long. So I've got like an array of different types of podcasts in my head that are super, super awesome. And they're not like your usual ones. So there are some, like for me, for, for the lips and stuff, it takes me at least between five and eight hours for me to produce that entire, for one episode.
0: That's a lot, man. That
1: is a lot because I have to do an intro I have to do research on the people that have been on the, on our blog. Oh, I do that. It's I all that. about promoting, not, not research on the people that have been on a blog, meaning as in like researching them, but the fact that I call our community. So I have to find the people that have been talking about us. I, I find the blog posts that we have posted about our our users. It's really about promoting them and and I have segments that I record in the first at the beginning and so I have a script that I kind of read off of and kind of riff off of and then Rob and I get together and then I edit our show and then I add promos because we have promos on our show meaning I I yeah. showcase three different promos from every from podcasters for every show so I intersperse them as sort of segments I use that as like a musical segment to take us to the next segment and so it takes me a while to Actually, the editing process is, is the easier process. The show notes, for God's sake, take me forever because Rob and I get really deep on stuff and he mentions things and I have to have links back to people. And that really helps a lot with the links backs because people love to hear themselves and to have a link back to themselves. They feel super special. And, and the whole point for me is that this, the, the blog, I'm sorry, the, the show for Libsyn is about building community. So that's a big focus it takes me a long time. I, you know, I do the artwork for it and the social media. Um, I've kind of, what I do now, whenever I finish the show notes and whenever things are uploading and, and posting, I write between 10 and 15 tweets, like off the cuff. Like since I'm so deep into what I've been doing, I just like write them all and then I schedule them off for that week. So that actually yeah. doesn't take me that
0: long. Yeah. I don't know why it takes me so long. It shouldn't. I think what takes me long is the procrastination that comes before doing it.
1: Yeah. See, I'm in the midst. And and it's like, since I've been in this work for like five to eight hours, it's super easy for me to come up with like tweets.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I usually just rephrase the note into a tweet. Yeah. It's not hard. I just put it off and think about putting it off. And that's the part that I feel like takes a long time. True. To that. But, but you know? that's,
1: really, that's really great because then people will know that sometimes, you know, the things that you hate doing are the ones that are going to take you the longest. Yeah. And so in terms of expectations, you either deal with it, it's going to take you a long time, it's going to be annoying, or you outsource, which takes us to, oh, wait, before yes. we do that, or you outsource, which takes us to the money. But before we deal with the money, I wanted to share another article just because I thought this was like a really great way to kind of summarize the amount of time it might take somebody, not Jessica. Of course, Jessica is the exception to this rule. So I am, <laughs> yes, you are because it in the school of podcasting. It's a, it it's an, it's actually it was an, an, an episode slash article. That's really great. It's about pod fading and you can read all about it over there. But he mentions about time and in terms of how long it should take or how much somebody should expect editing should take. And he says, that uh, you should realize that there is a four-to-one ratio. This means that for every one minute of finished podcast, it will take you four minutes to produce it. You need to know this up front so you don't say, I'm going to do a 30-minute podcast five days a week. That's 150 minutes of total episode. So multiply that by four and you get 600 minutes of time to create those episodes. That's 10 hours. Do you have an extra 10 hours per week? 40 hours per month? To produce a show that will more likely to generate zero income for the first few months,
0: mm. end quote.
1: So that's just like putting that out there in terms of um,
0: time constraints. And You just- know, if you don't like to do it, you shouldn't have a podcast. That's really the bottom line. Right. Because, right. because you know, I, I mean, my show, I mean, I don't even know how many hour interviews I do in a week, but they are hour-long shows. And if I was doing it simply for the fear of missing something by not doing it, I would be a miserable, miserable lady. The reason I do it is because it is fun for me. The editing, whatever little I do, is fun and neat. Talking about podcasting is fun and neat. Making my own little promos, hey, check out MailChamp Mastery, that is fun for me. And And writing, all of it is fun for me, so like... I would so much rather be doing that than whatever else I'm doing in my business, whatever business I have that week. So it's like, <laughs> so, I mean, it's true that, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit of time to get it together, to set it up or to even, and even me, I outsource a lot of it and it's still, yeah, you have to research whoever you're going to have on or make an outline for what you're going to talk about. Like we did today. And, and, if you don't want to do it, but you feel like you have to, make sure you don't do it. Yeah. Right? Just yep. don't do it. Do not do it unless you really feel like you you think it will be a good time. Yep. Don't you think? No. It's well, just the bottom line because you're right. I mean, when he says four hours for every 30 minutes, I mean, I first of all, I think you got to work faster. <laughs> well,
1: it, you know, but see, here's the thing, Jess. I mean, if you, if you start to turn back around and really start to
0: think like, about think about the think time, about the time
1: just the time that you spend prepping for your well, shows, the, the
0: interview show is by far the most time consuming because there's the whole, you know, shimmy up to the guest, pitch the guest, make sure the guest schedules correctly, follow up with the guest before the show, follow up with the guest after the show. That's a lot of guest maintenance. That is very time-consuming. If you can't outsource that part, I just say don't have an interview show if you're going to have to do all that yourself. And at first, you will have to do it all yourself because you don't know what you need. Mm-hmm. No, although, although John didn't do any of it. You know, he, out, he had a team from the beginning. But he had the money to do that. Not everyone does. Right. Um, so yeah, so that now, no, but yeah. the, that's
1: the whole point. Now it takes us. I mean, that's a lot of time. And what I wanted to yeah, get across here place. is the fact yeah. that there are that there is a time. There's going to be there time is. for you to set up your systems. It's not yes. just going to be easy peasy cake. You can sometimes you're going to feel like you're just catching up. And I remember when I was doing a weekly show. That's how I, it was like. Oh my god! I just published. Yay! And then I had a day of, yay! And then I thought, oh my god! Next week, okay. I have to start yeah. planning. And so yeah. then it starts again in your brain. So even if you're not like say time consuming in terms of actual ex you know, ex, ex, putting stuff out, you are thinking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to think about it, if you don't want to have podcasting be front and center, don't do it because it does, it's going to take over your life in in a good way, like it's taken over mine, but I love it. I'm like immersed in it. I, I, I
0: it, yeah the whole point is think? that
1: it takes it takes you over. And Here's the
0: thing, Elsie yeah. and I are the types of people where um if we were offered I I, I don't want to speak for you Elsie. I'll just speak for me. Okay. If I was offered the opportunity to do a radio show actually on the radio, even if it wasn't podcast or even do a television show just to have my own show and I had unlimited access to whatever guests I wanted, and it was going to take me time to research each guest, have my hair makeup done, whatever. I would do it for free. Because yeah. it's just fun to have a show. <laughs> I would <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know if you're the same way or if I am. you're specifically into just the podcast part of it. But I'm saying if you and I wanted to do like a Pittsburgh Philly station and oh just have to be the Elsie and Jessica show 24 hours a day, it will never make money sign me the hell up
1: you know what I would totally do it you're right I would I would and then and I dream about stuff like that too don't bother right if you don't have that like feeling because the thing is I've also been in the on the other end of it the the producing end of it and in the back and so I know I know how hard it is too but that's okay
0: though right Elsie it doesn't even have to be your show no that's why I like working with other people starting their shows, because just helping them get the first interview and figuring out the tech and get, you know, four of them in the last month have gotten a new computer. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my fault. I should get a commission, for the love of God. I know you should. But you should. My, but I'm just saying, like, it's just fun. All yes. of it is fun. It doesn't even have to be my show. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean,
1: so yeah, so the love of like the time, ta- yeah, So then the time won't hurt so much, it, is what I'm saying.
0: It doesn't hurt because it's like, did it even happen? Right? How did I spend on that?
1: Right? Because yeah. then we're like, oh my god, we've been talking for like over 45 minutes, and I could do this all day long. So now let's just, yeah, let's switch I it could over take though.
0: Eight more shows with you. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's switch it. Let's switch it's it around. A horse. Now. Okay. <laughs> To money, because that's the other big, okay. huge resource, the money. So yeah. let's say you don't have the time. You, you know, want to do your you know, interview show, and you're the type of person who you know, um, all, all, the only thing you want to do is just show up and be on set. <laughs> yeah. And you're like the on-set person. You don't care about anything else. You just yeah. want to you know, show up, do your show, get out of here, and go live your life. Um, there's a way to do that. There out-
0: is? Yeah. There is.
1: There is, absolutely. You can outsource almost every. All the stuff
0: we just talked about. Yeah. Everything.
1: Yeah. You just have to pay for it. It's not expensive. Uh sometimes it can be. It depends on where you go. But, you know, if you you, you yeah. can you can outsource everything.
0: Soup to nuts. Top notch. Yeah, and I know a lot of people that do that. They just have one person that they hire on Elance or Odess that's just, and I actually have, even though I have a team in general, a person separate from that team is my, he's like my podcast handler and he does all the Libsyn, makes the blog post, and promotes, he does all the promotion of just the show. He's in charge of my Wednesdays and Fridays, the whole rest of the week and whatever's going on. I have other people in charge for like my email newsletter and like my affiliate stuff, but the podcast, getting the podcast edited up live and then promoting it that day on all my social media channels, one guy's in charge of that. Tease and it's good. not, yeah, he's not that expensive. I don't even think it takes him an hour per show, to be honest with you. When he gets so all I, this stuff and you have it all set, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I hand him, yeah, I hand him everything. He just does it. He yeah. doesn't write. I mean, but some people have someone else. Now, see, this is where things get hairy, right, is that, like, you don't even have to do your show notes. Elsie, if she wanted to, could hire someone to listen to the show and take notes and then give her the show notes if she wanted to. I mean, Mm -hmm. people do that, too. People are like, I'm going to outsource my show notes. And I just feel like, really? I I am amazed anyone listens to me in the first place, (laughs) much less having to pay someone to listen to my voice for an hour and take notes on what I said. (laughs) You know, you're (laughs) laughing, but, like, it's true. (laughs)
1: So, you know what? It's no, you're you're totally right. You are totally right. And um
0: I feel weird about that about no, this, this
1: You know, show. there are companies that actually do the entire thing for you. I mean, in fact, there's somebody Wait, that really? I met over at NMX. Um I can't, you know, off the top of my head, I cannot remember this, but he is I believe I I might be very corrected, but I may be wrong. I believe he's in Boston and he has a um a recording studio. Mm-hmm. and you basically just hire him, and all you do is you show up and you do everything there. That's like, insane. you you're just bring in, you go everything else, he does everything. Top-notch audio, top-notch editing, top-notch show cool. notes, the whole thing
0: That's is completely idea.
1: outsourced. So you just show up, and you do your thing there, and then everything is taken care of for you. So you're just basically the creative. There's also a gentleman called Ian Robinson, and I, I forgot his website. And uh, he, we talked about it. We talked for a little bit. He's just super awesome. He is really wanting to break into the podcasting thing. And I think he's been, he's been um, doing um, Lewis Howe's podcast, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think his, po- his company is called freedompodcasting.com. I should get commission for this stuff because we talked about this. But um, so Ian and his team do everything for you as well. So from soup to nuts, except you have to pay yeah. a pretty, pretty penny for it.
0: Um, and, um, and Scott Stratton does that. They show up uh, for a day in the studio and record a bunch of shows uh-huh. and then leave. So he pays for studio time. I have no idea if they actually upload it to Libsyn or do any of that or not. But I'm looking at his show notes, and they're very similar to mine. It's a, it's a paragraph summary, mm-hmm. and then – oh, he actually does have the minutes where they talk about stuff. In six minutes in, they talk about impenetrable brands. Seventeen minutes in, they talk about one spark, whatever. Right, right, yeah. And then um, – and I don't know who does his notes. I know it's not Scott. There's no way. Maybe Allison's doing them. They, and they just do a show them two together. They don't often, if ever, interview – um, uh, their last, their last one was an interview, but it's usually just he and Allison show up at the studio,
1: right? And see, that's so much easier because it's like the yeah. one
0: person you don't have to be going on.
1: When are you available? And you yeah, know, I mean,
0: doing a solo show is way less hassle, way less time, way less investment, way less commitment. Yeah, as, a, as a whole, it's yeah, totally, absolutely, absolutely. smurfly. That's yeah. true. So um, yeah, so yeah, you can outsource all that stuff totally. Uh, but money, we were talking about money. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, that's going yeah. It co- oh, gonna cost. Oh, how much it costs. Well, I it, thought it, we were going to talk about money as in how much. You well,
1: make. oh yeah. No, how much it costs for you to put all this stuff out there. Cause I know that I have, um, I know that freedom podcasting is about, uh, it's over a thousand dollars for them to start to set you up on all on that trend, on that trend. And then there is a per episode fee that is not a thousand by any means, but, um, it's, they said, but they do everything though. They do from recording, editing. They also work, do your show notes. They do your branding for you. Um, everything in terms of the show notes, they post everything up. They do. They optimize your description for iTunes. It's basically think about your women in podcasting group, but that you're you've got a team, and instead of like a group you know, a group session, it's like one-on-one kind of thing, but you, but you keep them. So they just come to you and they don't do it themselves. Like they're not being kind of empowered to do it themselves. Somebody else does it for them.
0: You know, how much it costs really depends on what you want to include as far as investment. Because That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. If you, but if you count your hourly rate, let's just say I do, if I charge two fifty an hour mm-hmm. and I, Um, And I tape 10 shows a month, then I'm losing, what is that, $2,500? That's my investment. Or, Or do you not count that? And you only count how much it costs for Libsyn, how much it costs for my team member, how much it costs for SpeakPipe if you're having a QA, um, you know what I mean? Because Skype, you know, there's one-time investments of, like, using the call recorder, getting the garage, you know, whatever. And then, yeah, you'll reap that back eventually. But every everyone has startup costs. And then there's return on investment, like, I'm investing my time. But, see, this can get hairy when you start to think about time in terms of how much you charge per hour. Because I'm also the type of person that will wait in the doctor for an hour and then want to charge them my hourly rate. <laughs> Because I don't get a return on that investment of my you're time. Right, I'm just right. waiting in the doctor's right. office. And so this is why I'm just like, return on investment, you have to think of, however you think about it is whether or not it's going to be worth it. I don't see me losing an hourly rate by doing an interview. Because to me, the visibility, the audience, and the benefit I'm reaping by having a podcast is well worth the 2500 or so that I've lost by doing the show in the first place. But other people will go, "Ugh, oh, if I have to take an, two hours and record my 20-minute show so I can have one once a week, I'll never get that money back. Then don't, again, don't do it.
1: Absolutely. So You're right. It depends on how you you, you do it. The whole so point – So how do
0: you think of it? Because you do – I mean you're already doing a yoga class and you tape your class. And so that's definitely a return on investment because it's not – Right. I mean, you're not, you're not doing much extra. No. You know, and that that's time. one that's really. Yeah. And the, but that's my, but that's also
1: run. my job. And the whole point is, <laughs> right. I you mean, know? You
0: are, how could you not get a return on your investment? You're being paid to do that.
1: Exactly. And that's, right. I mean, but, but I, I'm taking that out of the equation. I am developing another show in addition to this one and the whole are point, you? Yeah. And so the whole point is the fact that I kind of really love the medium.
0: Yeah. You know, and And I I, have like five other ideas for shows in my head. Right.
1: But the whole point is that I am trying to find something in it, but I also know how hard it is. I mean, I have, I have all the background, so it's not like I'm going like, Hey, I'm just going to do it. You know, I know what it takes. Yeah. But I have come full circle for years now that this is what I want to do. This is my medium. This is what I really, really love to do. So if I'm, I'd rather do that than spend time, optimizing my websites and, you know, getting keyword title, rich, rich title posts, seeing how many click throughs I get, you know, opt in form things and doing a B testing. Like, I, I, you know what? I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Even though I know it, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. I'll I, share and, that for and, us. and so I'd wrap exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. That's like where I'd be like, you know what? That's I start- my, That's my jam. <laughs> right there. I like doing all that stuff. I'm just not. I just don't. I'd rather just be on mic and create content. That's yeah. I love creating content in this form, and I, and of course I do love to write it because I I actually write everything out, and and it's ha, it's a ha, it's my happy place. I really want to do it again <laughs> and again and again. Yeah, yeah. So that's the return on investment is also the fact that I like you said like there's no there's no money that. Like I got that I got this job because I was podcasting. Give me a break.
0: Yeah. So, you know, there. I will say this though. Like people say, oh, I can sell my X, Y, and Z on my podcast, and it'll start to make money right away. And it didn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, also at first I was shy to try and sell something on the show. I just wanted to create decent content. And when I, um, and so before I was even ready to say that I do or don't offer a service, I started to get people that were visiting the website that would just go through my contact form and ask me if they could hire me. Sometimes they weren't even clear on what I do for a living. They just know that they want me to help them with their business or with their brand or with their this or that. Mm -hmm. And, and so for somebody who like, I, I just had transitioned from doing web design into coaching and I'm, and I wasn't really great at the sales part of coaching. So I wasn't doing it at all, really. So for me to start to get, I knew the leads were from the show because I wasn't really telling anybody about what I was doing. Right. And they would would say, I listen to your show. I'm a big fan of yours. I'd love to work with you. That's how I know I was getting a return on investment because I was getting clients that I didn't seek out. Right. And so it does happen. You can make money, even if you don't try. I guess what I'm saying is I wasn't trying but I was still making money from the show. It wasn't in sponsorships and it wasn't in advertising and it wasn't because I was selling show t-shirts. It was because people just liked me and they wanted to work with me. And so you can make money doing it. Have you ever made money on Elsie's yoga class? Uh, I, have, I actually had some cash sent
1: to me just the other day. Just for funsies? Just for funsies. And I do so make I- money because I sell my app via the show. Oh, okay. okay. So my app makes me money. Uh, not okay. tons by any chance, but you know, I get, I the get yoga money, app? the yoga app. And okay. then I have, um, people constantly sending me stuff. I get pitched on that all the time. I, I guess I have clout of some of some sort. Yeah. Um, just because I've been around for so long, I've never, in all honesty, I've never pushed anything on us yoga class. Um, I think that I, I pushed other people's stuff, because you know what it is? It's because I think yoga is so specific and I didn't ever want to create like an online product that was of yoga stuff. And I never really um, made myself available for mentorship, if you will. Now I am a lot more uh, because I'm a little bit more clear about who I want to work with. But in the past, it was really just, it really, really was just a service as in like, here, you take the class, you take it with you. Like I based it on the model that I was creating this for my existing students. And so I have a ton of students and what's really good is the fact that I could, if, if I wanted to, I could teach almost anywhere in the world and I would have a, I would have a base. I would have yeah. students that know yeah. me, which is like awesome because Pretty I'm cool. not one of those traveling yoga teachers. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it has given Pretty me cool. a lot of, of clout in that respect. I've just never really sold anything, and I've never been focused on it. And, and, like, I'm like that other guy. Like, I haven't posted anything since, I don't know, I think November last year or possibly August. So yeah. I don't keep it up. Mm. It's, um, it's hard.
0: <laughs> Podcasting yeah. is hard. You have a lot more stuff to do now anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I didn't realize that it was, uh, I thought you did it every time you did a yoga class. I used to. Uh, but it was so much easier when I was in L.A.
1: and I was teaching 15 classes a week. Yeah, yeah. And then now I teach two or three. And then sometimes when I go into a class, I have a lot of students who have injuries. So mm-hmm. I don't, I can't teach a, in quotes, regular yoga class. I have to be like, okay, everybody, let's go get some blocks. And everybody at the wall. And you know what I mean? Like yeah, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that just is not conducive to. To a show. Right? To a show. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, so basically time and, or money are the things that you're going to have to be ready to focus in, in terms of whether or not you should start a podcast. So, um, ask yourself this questions. Um, and it, you know, let us know what you think about this again in our, in the comments, you know, do are your expectations high in terms of what you want to do? with your podcast, do you want this to be like the thing that you focus on perhaps maybe this year? Or is this perhaps maybe an addition? Or an experiment. Or an experiment, yeah, maybe an experiment for you. And if it is an experiment, how much was your experiment? Meaning, would you divulge how much money you spent in terms of learning how to do the whole thing, or how much time and what you did to learn how to do it? Because of course you don't have to. You don't have to pay anybody to learn to podcast. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of free information out there. Yep. But, you know, so what, how, how did you figure it out and, and, um, is it working out for you? We would love to hear your voices. People. Yes. It would be awesome. Yes. You can please. send us some feedback, um, over at what is it now? Feedback at sheeppodcast.com. Yep. Feedback at sheeppodcast.com. So if you want to send us your audio feedback, it would be awesome. So, yes, please. Yes. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. So that's it. I think we're done.
0: Oh my god! All right, I thought we were done two minutes ago.
1: Yeah. Oh my god!
0: Yeah. No, I don't mean that. I just mean like I thought we ended it, and then you said, "I think we're done," and I was like, "Oh, we're still going." No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Of course, of course. Sorry. All right, so
1: next time we'll we'll talk about something else.
0: <laughs> that was yes. lame. That was so lame. <laughs> next time we're going to be talking about show promotion. Yes. Marketing, what's effective, what's in Not. the toilet, I guess. Yes. What works and what doesn't. Yes. So I'll see you then. We'll oh, see hey. you then. Right, okay. No Yes, we will. Okay. See ya. <laughs> That's going to require some editing for sure. Uh, uh-huh. Yes, it will. That was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs>